Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the 10th Inning Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about the wide world of baseball, keeping you up to date on America's national pastime. Now, here are your hosts, Jack Miller and Caraguno. Welcome back to the 10th Inning Podcast here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Caraguno joined alongside Jack Miller. We've got a guest in the house tonight, Nick Carlson. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here after the World Series where the Houston Astros defeated the Philadelphia Phillies four games to two. And I know, Jack, you're very, very upset. I don't want to yes. call you out or anything <laughs> like that. But we've got a whole whole World Series to break down. Six games that we got to go through here today on 10th Inning because there is a whole lot to talk about. And I think a bigger question at the end of it there's a lot of questions that remain after this world series a lot of unanswered questions for the phillies and houston they finally get the job done I mean, after their whole scandal and the cheating scandal and they get the job done dusty baker gets his first world series ring it's it's exciting for the houston astros but i know everybody here in this area you know only 25 minutes out of philly who really wanted a parade but again the houston astros come i mean jack i know it was probably so defeating but Phillies only win two games, and a lot of people maybe expected this game, this World Series, to go to seven seven games. I mean, what were your thoughts, especially those last couple of games? It was pretty rough for the Phillies. Um, I I won't lie. At two one, I thought we were winning in six. Um, but I mean, I, I legit thought that we had a, a decent shot um, at beating the Astros, especially since we went up two to one, and then the re- and then we had two more games at home. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, I definitely think we had a decent shot, but. I mean, we fell short four to two, and um, there's definitely there's definitely some chit chatter between me and some friends that we will be going to to Broad Street and be <laughs> celebrating. But uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. But there there is a picture of me that I'll show you guys later um, of me just sitting in a pose, just leaned over with my hands folded for like, fi- and I was in that position for like 15 minutes throughout the <laughs> like after the World Series during the ninth inning and everything. So. Um, it was heartbreaking, though. I mean, to see your team that I followed for, like, 15 years now, um, like, I grew up with, uh, get that, that far and just fall short, especially when you have a, a 2-1 lead. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see. But um, but it was a great season um, for the Phillies and for myself. I mean, because I, I was able to witness 10 baseball games, whether that be in Philly or not. So um, then they'll always have that flag, that blue flag, uh, out in – uh, straightaway center to for me to remember it. So um, I find it a really good season for both the Phillies and myself. So, <laughs> I mean, Nick, what were you thoughts? I know you're not a Philly guy. You're like the Mets. I'm sure you're a little <laughs> bit more happy with the result here. But, I mean, your main takeaways of the series, I think Houston is just such a powerhouse team. I think they've almost established themselves as a dynasty now in the world of baseball. You know, scandal or not, this is a team that everybody, I think, should be really, really scared of. Their pitching was on point. They're, everybody pieced it together. And it wasn't those usual guys. I mean, yes, Alvarez had that monster shot. But Jeremy Pena, what, what he was able to do, you got guys who make these great plays, Chaz McCormick in, the, in center field, almost pretty much sealed the game. And I mean, there's so many different pieces on, on this Astros team that I just really think overtook the Phillies. Yeah, it, it kind of felt like a David and Goliath type of scenario, especially with the Phillies and the Astros. For the most part, I mean, we talked about it, or at least you just talked about it. Jeremy Pena being a rookie at 25, you still have five more years of him. Yeah. You also got Bregman, you got Alvarez for another six, and Dusty Baker's coming back next year as well. I think that the one thing that set the Phillies kind of apart from the Astros was the pitching. I feel like that bullpen, I, I, I wouldn't say the bullpen for the Phillies wasn't bad, 
but the Astros are just so dominant when it comes to their pitching. I mean, Verlander, although he wasn't that great, pitched a great game six or game five. You also look at Ranger Suarez, who didn't pitch that bad, but I mean, how do you beat Framber Valdez and Christian Javier? Yeah. Those bats can only get going so far, but the pitching is, I think, what really separate, especially since there was a no-hitter as well. Yeah, that no-hitter, Jack, I mean, that really had to kill the momentum. I think, personally, yeah, if you get you get no-hit, and then you come you how do you come back from that? If You have to put up runs, and you have to perform better, but we see that, that Philly didn't do that. It's tough for Philly to come back after a no-hit, especially so late in the, in the series itself. That's really hard to come back from when we just see that they couldn't recover. Once you get no hit in the World Series, you think they're, I don't it's very difficult for Philly to come back, especially we know what their team is capable of. You expect big things from Bryce Harbor, but Nick Castellanos, Alec Bohm, those are guys that we kind of highlighted before the World Series started, and that where was their production? It was kind of difficulty, and you see the guy, first base mistakes, Reese Hoskins, you know, I know the fans yeah. weren't happy with his performance as well, but Schwarber does his job, essentially. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of missing pieces there, but I think once you get no hit, especially by the Astros who besides their starting guys when you come in with the bullpen who can just close it down and you're equally or if not more scared when those guys come out of the pen it's just a tough break yeah I think that the no hitter for the Phillies was definitely the the biggest loss out of all four of them um, because you they tie the series at 2-2 but you get no hit and you know that momentum is completely on their side it completely swung on to Houston side so um, I mean, they, they did try to bring the momentum back. I mean, Schwarber hit that leadoff bomb in Game 5, mm-hmm. but no one else wanted to rally with him and Harper. I mean, so, I mean, the bats just had to get alive, and the 2-3-5 batters with Reese, JT, and um, and uh, uh, Nick Castellanos, I mean, they just didn't get alive. And I honestly think it's one of the reasons why um, the Phillies lost was not be- – was because of pitching, but also because the three, four, the three, the two, three, and five hitters just couldn't do anything. Do I you mean, think that if there wasn't a no hit game in that game four, do you think that the series would have been different? I think it would because like getting no hit in the World Series for like, and that's the second time in history that yeah. that's ever happened, especially at home. At home, at home, and in like, the World Series, in the World too. Series, yeah. like, and the Phillies haven't been in the World Series since '09, so they haven't even like none of these guys have like seen this besides Schwarber, but with a different team, you know. So, um, so like these guys are just like, oh my god, like we just got we just got hit, no hit in the World Series, like that's detrimental, like, and that and the perfect game was what in like '61 in the World Series, so. I mean, it's got to be heartbreaking, and I think it definitely would have had a different outcome with the rest of the games if the Phillies didn't get no hit. Like, if they got three hit, I mean, that's fine, but, like, if they got no— like, if you get no hit, I mean, that's just got to be, like, heartbreaking just as all the bats. And um, But for Houston, um, they have—going uh, on to free agency, I guess. Uh, they have Justin Verlander, Cy Young finalist, um, on the free agent market. He opted out of his contract, so— um, I just want to ask, do we think he's winning Cy Young or, and, or, um, is he moving on to a different team or signing a lesser contract with Houston or bigger contract? I think it's tough. Verlander pitched so well in the regular season, the postseason kind of killed chances, but I mean, does the Cy Young count as a regular season award or a postseason two? Just because I, I, I feel it's like it's just regular season, season yeah. right? It is regular season, season. Yeah, yeah I, I think Verlander's done enough. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, Garrett Cole, I don't think, uh, sticks out to me. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Nestor doesn't stick out to me either. Those are just the two guys that come to my mind. But, I mean, Otani maybe, but, like... I, I'd say Verlander's pretty much got it locked down. I mean, what do you have? Just four losses well, all season? For Cy Young, um, it's 
they they have Dylan Cease and Alec Manoa. Uh, going I forgot f- about Manoa. So with the with that, so I mean, those are the three finalists that they have f- for them. And Dylan Cease played well, but the thing is, is like for like any award to me, it's like how do you like last year we had two MVPs that didn't make the playoffs. That's the thing that always freaks me out. Like, how do you become MVP if you're not going into the playoffs? Like, how are you the most valuable player out of, like, the non-playoff teams, if that makes sense? Well, so, what, what separates MVP? Like, let's say, like, Judge. Let's say the Yankees didn't make the playoffs. I think Judge has done enough to well, carry yeah, the Well, yeah, that's team. true. I yeah. mean, obviously. But, like, but with the seasons, like, with, like, like these guys couldn't lead their team. Like Harper last year. Yeah, like Harper, yeah. for example. Like, they fell short. And then, um, and yeah, so... Um, with Dylan Cease in there, I'm just wondering: Does he deserve it since the other two made the playoffs and he didn't? That's yeah. just my, that's my question. I mean, but they both pitched really well. I mean, Dylan Cease almost pitched a perfect game um, or no hit or whatever it was um, with the White Sox and like fell short with two outs in the ninth. But um, but these guys are, are are doing well. I mean, do we think? I mean, is it clear? Is it clear cut that Verlander is your AL Cy Young. I mean, what do you think, Kara? I think so. I, I mean, you said it before. Only four losses on the year. That that is just astounding. Twenty eight starts, one seventy five ERA. Just looking at it, one hundred seventy five innings pitched in the regular season. It's kind of insane because this, he's been so dominant in the regular season, and of course he gets roughed up in the postseason. But he did have a, a crucial victory. But Verlander has just been so dominant. Even you know, as he's gotten older, I think that might have been. A, a part maybe of why free agency does he know that he might not be in the MLB for a, a lot longer you know what's going on with him but I don't know he's 39 years old right now and I don't think he's always said that he is not planning retiring on any anytime soon and I think I, I, the game of baseball will definitely have to pull him out if he's gonna I think he'll want to play it's just gonna be difficult because why wouldn't you want to return to Houston I mean yeah. you had a great couple of years with them since joining them in 2018 um or 2017 uh, middle of the season in 2017, 20, yeah. 2017. But he's done so well with the Astros. I mean, in 2018, he was 16 and 9, 21 and 6 the following year. And then in 2022, 18 and 4. So he's still, as he's getting older, he's just been around the league for so long that I think that, I think he was kind of an early season pick. I had him as Cy Young. You always kind of think he's in the mix. But as he's gotten older, he's just been such a strong pitcher. I don't know. I think. Maybe he comes out for a lesser deal, still in Marines with Houston. I don't know. I can't really imagine him going any- him anywhere else, especially solely in his career. I don't know if he's going to want to make a change like that. He's going to want to get more rings. He's got he got yeah. to want to get another ring and continue on a high pace. But I don't know. What, what do you guys? I don't know if he's going to change teams. I think he'll probably stay with Houston. Maybe just a little bit less money. Well, that's, that's well how many rings does he have? Does he have two? Just two? Okay. Well, yeah. Well, wait. The, I think he Detroit has. did not win one, did they? Or no? no, I don't think they, so. Don't think they, they were never even remotely close when. Well, yeah. So, but the thing, I mean, he has seven World Series losses, or uh, he has yeah. two rings. Yeah, he has two rings, but seven World Series losses. He hasn't won. I don't think a game yet as the pitcher. Oh no, no, he did. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, against the Phillies. Well, yeah, yeah well, that was that was his first one. Yeah, right. right. so his, he's one in seven. He's, one in, yeah. he's yeah. one in eight actually. One in eight. <laughs> wow. So, um, but yeah, I mean, thing is, you you see him get out of. The contract, like he opts out of the contract, but like, where would he go? Like, I'm thinking, right. I think he wants to, like, I'm assuming explore options or right. something, like see who wants him and whatnot, yeah. who's going to offer the most money. He I knows think. what he's worth. Yeah, he knows what he's worth, but I also think he's trying to seek money, but also that ring as well. So I'm assuming he's trying to go for someone that's already like a stacked team, like I would say, like the Blue Jays or something, or some or like some team that's on the rise or whatever that's going to wing a win a ring in like two years time or something i mean um but moving on to nl cy young i think there's we have sandy alcantara 
Max Fried, and Julio Urias. I mean, for me, I see it as Alcantara, even though he started going down um, towards late of the year in like August, September. Um, but I've always think that for Alcantara, it was he was the guy that was going to win Cy Young. Like I think, like in the middle of the year, we're like, oh yeah, this guy's going to win Cy Young. I mean, he's just he was just a really dominant pitcher that not a lot of teams could touch. I mean, but um, but I, I wanted to know what you guys thought with the NL Cy Young as well. Yeah, I think Sandy's got it pretty much locked down. I mean, he was dominant. As a Mets fan, I mean, we see him so many times a year. He and probably Strider were the two pitchers I was afraid of the most. I mean, he's got six complete games. Yeah. So, it's uh, for the most part, he's been dominating. I'd say, if anything, you could give it... I mean, Freed's, Freed was good, but at the same time, there was no other pitcher in the NL who was really as dominant as Alexander. Yeah. I think Urias, though, was one of those, like, low-key, like, good guys. Like, like I don't think we all expected Urias to be as dominant as he was this year. And he was just a really dominant pitcher for the Dodgers. One of, I would say one of the reasons why they got to that 111-win mark. And, I mean, he was just one of those guys that went under the radar. Like, no one really talked about him. And then all of a sudden, he's now a Cy Young finalist. So I think he might, he could have a chance of sneaking his way in there to become Cy Young. I think for Sandy, we've just seen him really explode. I mean, he went from nine wins last season, which is still a decent amount, 15 losses, though, and he kind of flip-flops that. He has 14 wins this year and nine losses, but like you said, six complete games as well. He .98 whips. So he, this guy is just 207 strikeouts. It's the most of his career. He just really ramped it up, and I think you're, to your point, Jack, we kind of knew from the middle of the season that he was standing out above the rest, but it's kind of unfortunate because Miami, they haven't done anything. Exactly. And, and that's just a tough place because this guy's 27 years old. You know, he's dominant the game but you can only get you so far you're one starter who's really doing exactly what he needs to do but is he gonna ever see a postseason is he gonna make it maybe even make a wild card game it's that's where you find yourself into trouble because you can be so dominant in the regular season you don't even get a shot in the postseason and it's kind of unfortunate for guys like sandy who just on this miami team who we they're kind of been silent the last years or so yeah they've made the 2020 i think playoffs but that's it i mean like they haven't done anything since like 2003 when they won so i mean it, Marlins are always just like this weird team that could be good if they if ever if everything falls into place correctly. But I think that the Marlins are like what the Orioles are to the Yankees. Like they're yeah. just kind of there to they're play, there. and right. then they're really not there to test. Yeah, it. and then for the Phillies, it's just a, a kryptonite team for them. Like they can never <laughs> they can never win against the Marlins for some reason. But um, but yeah, I think I I I see uh, Sandy uh, taking it. But I wouldn't be surprised if Urias was like second, because I don't think because Freed just doesn't stand out to me um, over these two guys. I think yeah. that Alcantara and Urias are more of this like like a pitcher that you wouldn't like to face, like Verlander or something. So that's that's who I think would probably win NL Cy Young, in my opinion. Yeah, so. I think so too. I'm just I want to go back to the Phillies really quick too because. There's a lot of guys. There's questionable. Who do you think is going to return it? Are you guys going to make some trades? I heard, you know, Gene, I saw his, you know, Twitter post and Instagram post. And mm-hmm. A lot of fans are speculating that he's not going to come back. And I've heard rumors that Stott's going to get moved to second base. Trey Turner's going to be in the mix. Well, let's not speak that into existence. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know about I want it. I want I, it. I've, I've heard it. a lot of fans are excited want Trey Turner. Yes. But I, do you think he'll come to Philly? Do you think – I mean, the Astros – they have all the pieces again to kind of, I think, I don't, it's obviously really related to talk about going back to the World Series, but who's going to stop the Astros? I think that's going to be the thing. What team is going to stack themselves, put themselves in the best position, I think, to go against the Astros to kind of take them down? Because what are the Astros going to, if they lose Verlander, obviously that's a huge blow. And that's a huge that's blow. That's a huge blow there. Having Valdez as, I know I know he's, he's the uh, starting pitcher too right now, but having him as your ace, I don't know if you would want that. 
especially since he just had this one year that he just starts popping off. So, I mean, I don't know. Verlander would definitely be a hard loss for the Astros, though. Yeah, because what, what pieces are they going to – how are they going to make themselves stronger? Like you said, Nick, they have Dusty back. They have Barry Pena here for a while. You have Altuve, Bregman, these guys who have been here before. And then you have a team like Philly who just goes on this hot streak in the playoffs. They get in because of the second wild card. They get in on a whim, and they just – completely dominated and exceed everybody's expectations. But if they want to go back to the World Series, what are they going to have to do to make these changes? What's going to make them a stronger team? We need They know that you need pitching. They need some some sort of bullpen help, starter, maybe another starter or two. Do you think if you get Trey Turner, if you get somebody else, will that make them a contender again? Or do you think it's going to take another, another run? But there are other really good teams in there. Of course, I just say this as a Yankees fan, but the Yankees, they need to execute. They're a team yeah. that has all this millions of dollars and, you know, the highest team, and they don't get in. So mm-hmm. what are other teams going to have to do to get the Astros? I think that's going to be a, a question that a lot of teams are going to have to answer in, in this postseason. Well, for the Phillies offseason, for me, uh, they definitely have to fill in that second base hole. I mean, they're either going to they're gonna get one of these shortstop free agents, the notable ones, or Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, and Dansby Swanson. I think Dansby's coming back to Atlanta, so I'm, d- yeah. I'm dwindling, it, dwindling it down to Trey Turner, Correa, and Bogarts because you definitely think Trey Turner wants money, I and mean, he's been one of those guys that's been seeking money throughout his entire career, and Correa is one of those guys as well. That's why he went to the Twins, and now he wants more money. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that it's gonna. I think they definitely want a guy like Trey Turner because they need de- they need like another powerhouse bat and another guy that can field well, and he's also he just he's a great all around player. So I think they're definitely trying to aim for Trey Turner, the Phillies. And they just also have to get uh, starting pitching as well. They have to get, like, two decent arms because we saw, like, we we only had technically three good starting pitcher arms with Nola, Wheeler, and Suarez. And we went to Syndergaard, but that he was technically considered a guy in the bullpen uh, pretty much. So, um... So they need some. They need starting pitching because three isn't going to cut it in uh, in the playoffs. Once it comes down to seven uh, seven game series, so and they need one more. I think bullpen arm because you lose Eflin. So um, they definitely need a lot, but I definitely think that they can manage to do it um, to try and get that team that they're looking for this year and uh, the next year. So here's the problem I have with the Phillies, and it's you've heard the chattering. I just don't think that Phillies fans want to admit it is what's going to happen with Harper. Because doesn't he need Tommy John? Well, there's uh, there, he's getting evaluated Monday. Um, he might need Tommy John, but it would be it would go into, I think, a little bit into the re- in the regular season. Not too much, I don't think. I could be wrong, though. But, I I think, but that's definitely a rumor that he needs Tommy John. Because if you need Tommy John, you're out for a while. And yeah. at what point are you like, maybe don't get Tommy John? Because just have him DH. I mean, he made an impact DH, and you had Castellanos fill the gap in right field. You got Schwarber good in left. in right field, in exactly. my opinion. Yeah. So that's why, for the most part, I think you can get away with kind of Harper not getting Tommy John. Now, yeah. granted, let's say something happens to Castellanos or Schwarber, then you're in trouble, but I think you mm-hmm. can get away with it for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why they don't want to go into... Like, I think they want him in the field, because I think he likes being in the field, but if it comes down to Tommy John and it's that long of, like... If it if he's going to be out for like another like two months in the regular season, I mean, that, that's still a big impact for the Phillies because you're probably looking for pieces as well um, to be with Bryce Harper in the lineup. So um, if he but he was fine at DH. I mean, he was great at DH, especially in the playoffs. I mean, he was a great. He's always been a great bat throughout his entire career, even with the Nationals. So um, if he needs Tommy John, I mean, I guess <laughs> do it. But like. I would prefer to have him just on the team at no matter what in the start of the season than have him be out for a few months again because, I mean, 
even though we can get hot when we lost them, I mean, if we still need we still need them, you know. So it's just really tough because I'm just looking at all the free agents. There's so many free agents on the market yeah. this year, but there are some really big names. Of course, you have Judge in the mix, and you have JD Martinez, Brantley's in the mic. Uh, Matt Carpenter's in the mix. You've got a lot of guys who are going to be sought after. I think Brandon Nimmo also is in there. Kevin Kiermaier. There's there's just a, a bunch of, you know, random guys that I think can really make an impact. I mean, you have Benintendi. I think – I know a lot of Yankees fans are wanting Benintendi to come back. I think he'll probably come back. We didn't really see – besides the injury, he was doing really well. But it's just unfortunate because the Yankees have these all these outfielders lined up, and they kind of play off these injuries, and the Yankees always have injuries in the playoffs, so somebody gets to kind of fill in. But Judge, I think – not even as a Yankees fan, I think he'll stay in New York. Part of me is my heart staying he'll stay in New York, but he's from Sandy, uh, San, San Francisco. Francisco. Right. Uh, he wants to go back. I think uh, it's tough. I think that I even heard that the Dodgers were interested in Judge. Uh, that would be Every, bad. I feel like at this point, everyone's kind of interested. Like, yeah. I've seen, like, I've seen a Photoshop thing of him, like, with, like, any team at this point. Right. Like, I mean, it could be, like, the, the, the Royals, Rangers, or, yeah. like, Imagine him on the Royals. That yeah. would be the craziest like, thing. Yeah. yeah, like just some small team. Like, yeah. like the Orioles. Yeah, like yeah. imagine he went to the Orioles. That'd be kind of crazy. Do but. you think he'll go to the Giants, or do you think he'll stay with the Yankees? Or is there somebody else that we're not even thinking about? But I think his contract, and if he goes back to New York, depends on Rizzo. Because Rizzo, he's now opted out. He's a free agent. And I, th- I know Riz- Rizzo was a little bit upset with the way that Judge was treated by New York, you know, booing the guy after he hit 62 home runs in the regular season. And then he gets booed and people are not happy. And I know some players reportedly were upset with that. But I think if Rizzo, st- if Judge stays, Rizzo stays. But I think if they, if Judge walks, I think Rizzo's gone too. So that's tough for the Yankees as well. They seem to be in a lot of trouble. I agree with that. I think that, I think there's a better chance for him to go to San Francisco just because that's his hometown. But right. It, the thing with baseball is it always comes down to the money because you get that it one does. contract. So yep. you got to think that, I mean, the ballpark going. estimate could be anything crazy here with money. So let's say if he gets $450 million from the Yankees, if he gets 470 from the Giants, he's probably going to go to the Giants. Not only because it's his hometown, but, I mean, $20 million more, you're going to take that every time. So what if he's been a Yankee for his whole career? That one contract kind of decides everything. And although the Yankees fans care, like, you really don't want to admit it, I think that the odds of him coming back to the Yankees, especially after the year that he had, those chances are pretty low. I think also, though, I think if it's 450, 450, like, let's say San Francisco offers 450 and New York offers 450, I think he's going to San Francisco just because that. it's his hometown. Like, it's, it's, it's like he wants to come back to where he's from. So, um, so yeah, I think that... Um, I think San Francisco has a slight edge, I mean, in this, because that's just where he's from. And also the way he got treated kind of puts the Yankees, like, a little lower as well. Like, e- I think if it's even, if they make an equal offer, San Francisco, to the Yankees, I mean, he's probably going to go to San Francisco. That's just where I, that's where my head's at. Do you think that any team that he goes to, let's just say, I mean, I'm just throwing out a random team here. Like, you've got the Dodgers, you've got the Yankees all at the top. Like, let's say he goes to, like, a team that just missed the playoffs, and, right. like, the Brewers. Like, does he automatically make them a World Series contender just off of him alone? If they can keep everybody, yes. Um, that's, the, that's the only thing. I, yeah. It just depends what they do in the offseason besides Judge because then you're putting all your chips on Judge. Right. But you have to make sure that all your chips that you have are still with you, you know, because that's 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 just how you have to play it because if you just miss the playoffs, I mean, you, you have to expect them to play the same way, right? But – and you add Judge, that definitely – it's like World Series or bust for them, you know, because you're adding this big – like big piece, but 
um, you you have to make sure that everyone else is in check, everyone else is playing the same way as they did. So um, I think yeah, if he goes to some team, some team like the Brewers, I just threw out a random yeah. team. So. <laughs> if he goes to some team like the Brewers, I mean. Um, I don't know, but I've seen I've seen him in every uniform at this point. Um, but seen him in the Red Sox what? one. That's oh, crazy. That's, that's that crazy. hurts yeah. my soul, man. Yeah. I mean that that's terrible. I mean, do you think if he goes to Giants, then he don't have to? Then he doesn't have to play Houston. He can go to the World Series and then face off. I'm just thinking uh, maybe that's who I don't know what he's thinking about besides his hometown. He can go against the Astros in the World Series instead of having to get. Obviously, when the Yankees get swept, that's, you know, alarms blaring right there. You can't get swept in the postseason. I think uh, Houston, obviously, was going to be a problem. But does Judge make a team? Does he make the team automatic playoff contenders? I know he carried the Yankees, but the Giants, are they going to be in the mix? Who do they, what can they work with? Because the Yankees, you have other, you have Garrett Cole in the mix. You have Rizzo, you have Stanton, who, who those bats and those pitching can kind of piece together. Of course, the Yankees had a lot of injuries this year, but... If he goes to a different team, that's a wild card in itself because he's never played with them before. You don't know if it makes it automatic contender, but it's Aaron Judge. It's Aaron Judge, the guy who had 62 home runs, should be the MVP of the AL. So it's just a wild card. But Judge knows knows what he's worth. He knows what he can do for a franchise. The Yankees have built their franchise pretty much around him right now. They're going to be in complete shambles if he doesn't come back. I feel like the dark horse right now for teams that might take Judge is the Mariners. That's just my thing because he really likes Ken Griffey, right? He really likes Ken Griffey, and then he played with Ichiro for a little bit. And I think him being coached by Ichiro and also um, with that, and I think they want to also try and pair him with J-Rod. That's my thing as well. Um, having him, having both of them in the outfield would be really cool, I think, for the city of Seattle. But I think that they're definitely a dark horse that might might sneak in some big money for Aaron Judge. That's just me, though. But um, but I don't also see him coming back to the Yankees. I'm sorry, Kara, but I don't think breaking I, my heart today. I, I know, but I mean, mm-hmm. you we had to talk about the Phillies. So I, I know, true, true, true. I mean, I wish <laughs> you both you got to take it. I mean, when you have the disappointing <clears throat> losses, I know. I think it's just more disappointing for the Yankees because everybody expects them to go this this far and. It's always the Astros that stop them. I mean, I don't think a lot of people expected the Phillies to get this far. I mean, no. you can see what in the playoffs are about what team gets hot at the right at the right time, but you have teams like the Mets and the and Dodgers who have these over a hundred win seasons and they don't do anything. And you, it's just so <laughs> ups- I know. See, we got to take shots at everybody now. I seem so. personal. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's a little personal. No, it's <laughs> upsetting because the Dodgers are a team that everybody is every year that expects to go far. And they don't execute. They're, they just crack and crumble in the playoffs. But when you have these guys who are, you expect to go so far, I think it's good for the game of baseball when you have a team like Philly goes in there and they kind of shake things up. But you kind of always expect it. Okay, Dodgers and Houston again. Here we go. But that's not what exactly what happened. But the Dodgers, are they just – was this their off playoff year? Do you think they can come back even stronger? But if they lose Trey Turner, what's going on with them? They've got a lot of question marks too. I think a lot of these big teams that expect to go far, you know, even the Braves I think are a team that can go in that mix. You, we had a high expectations coming off of the World Series victory as well. And then you have big teams like the Mets and the Dodgers. There's a lot of question marks around the MLB. This, I think this year in general was a big wake-up call for the MLB that, you know, there's our dark horse teams that can come. Even the Mariners as well, Blue yeah. Jays, we saw them. This was an exciting year for the game as well I think is a good reflection but those big name teams those high expectations they didn't they didn't execute which I think is a problem I think that the Mariners were a clear dark horse team especially because they kind of just squeaked into the playoffs they beat the Blue Jays and I mean they put up a fight at least a little bit against the Astros Mm -hmm. I mean they did for the most part but the Astros they're just too good I mean you lose Verlander I mean that's a big gap to fill 
I mean, it'd be cool if they sign Judge. I mean, they, they won't, but like they I, won't. that that would be absolutely cool if you had if your outfield is Judge, Tucker, and Alvarez. But at the same time, I don't know who's going to beat the Astros. The Phillies they got hot at the right time, like you talked about, Kara. But at the same time, the Phillies you might lose Harper. The pitching has to get a little bit better. I don't know if there's a team who really can beat the Astros. I, the, and going back to what you said about uh, the Giants and Aaron Judge, I don't think Judge cares about... I mean, I guess he cares about winning the ring, but I think he knows he's good, and he just wants the money. That's why he turned down that big amount to yeah. stay with the Yankees. I think it's all about the money at this point, and Cashman didn't give it to him. Yep. So now he's going to want a lot more money, and he bet on himself, and he hit 62 home <laughs> runs, so... It's tough because I know a lot of fans are not happy with the performance of Aaron Boone, me included, and and Cashman. And then Boone comes back, and you're you're making all these questionable decisions. I mean, I think it's for the Yankees. They didn't even know who was going to be their starting lineup every game. You had a new leadoff hitter almost every game, and that's a problem in the playoffs. You can't. I mean, you have Harrison Bader, which thank goodness we had him, but obviously with Judge, but. It was difficult because you had these late season additions. You had a lot of guys get injuries. Gigi LeMahieu, Benintendi, of course. So we didn't see what they were fully with their in their lineup as well. But then you have Judge, you know, and Stanton. Stanton doesn't play the outfield. And he's going to go play the outfield. And then it just – I think it's a mess pretty much. But who's going to gear up to beat the Astros? That's what it's going to be. Because even if the Astros don't win another World Series next year – we know they're going to make it far. Who's stopping them? That's going to be the problem because it seems like when every year you think that our teams kind of gear up, they just get stronger because you have a guy like Jeremy Pena who just happens to get in the mix. And yeah. Carlos Correa, he, he he's wants out, and then he's another short. Maybe you think there's a hole in the in Astros, and they say, no way, here comes Jeremy Pena, and he's MVP. Yeah, it, exactly. It, that Astros team is just so well-managed, well-put-together. They're scouted really well. They have all these guys who can come in and pitch a no-hitter in the World Series, and then Pena explodes. And even in even Altuve, who I know Aaron Hook was on here in the last podcast, and we were kind of joking that Altuve is going to go off, but Altuve didn't really do much in this World Series, even in the playoffs, and he had that experience, and he still didn't, he wasn't even the difference maker in this World Series. So again, Astros team, just so fully loaded. Who's going to go one-on-one in the lineup with them, can take them out? I don't know who. I I'm trying to think. <laughs> like, li- like, really, it all comes down to what each team does in the offseason. I mean, there could be a team like, I think last year when the offseason happened, when they when the Rangers got Seager and Simeon, I'm like, oh, they'll, they'll be a dark horse team this year. And then they uh, their pitching blows them up. But I think um, there's got to be some dark horse team that just makes these offseason additions that have to just put up, uh, put up against the Astros. So... I don't know. Like, there's got to be some team that I think that already is good that has to make some really good offensive, or not just offensive, but just offseason moves, um, just to just to put some competition against the Astros. Because I think if I think we all could agree that um, if the Astros went on to sweep the Phillies, right, that would probably be one of the best um, teams in baseball to probably ever exist. I mean, to sweep everyone in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. that's that's got to be crazy. I don't know if that's ever been done before, but still, I mean, well, I mean, the Astros. I mean, even they they beat the Phillies four to two in the series and swept the Yankees and the Mariners. I mean, they still got to be up there in the on the all time team list. I mean, you got what do you guys think? I mean. So they only well, lost two games. Uh, so I, I have a two-part question. So to go back to what Kara was saying, I, we're trying to figure out who could beat the Astros. Are we in agreement that the Yankees are the best team that could beat the Astros right now? I think so. Not even as a Yankees fan, but as looking at lineup for lineup, yes. But there's holes, obviously. Lineup for lineup, I'd say the Dodgers. I mean, 
That's my take. I mean, because they just have the most yeah, loaded lineup. Yeah. I think but the Dodgers, Dodgers just under AL to NL. That maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For AL to NL. Yeah. yeah. But for AL, AL to AL. But AL for AL, I have no idea. I, I think mean, AL is Yankees without the injuries. If we faced, if we put Benintendi and Lemayhew and fit them in as well with Bader, Judge, and all that, if we fill that in, I think we could go. Obviously, there's holes because you have a guy like IKF at shortstop. You're going to compare IKF to Jeremy Pena. That's that's not going to work, obviously, <laughs> at all. But in the starting rotation that Yankees have, you know, Nestor was surprisingly, he was great this year for the Yankees. Severino comes back after an injury. We can see what he does as well. But bullpen problems as well because you have Clay Holmes. He gets injured. He was dominating the first half of the year. And then you have Chapman, who's just a mess, and he doesn't perform as, at all. Do, do, there goes your closers. And then Yankees get trades in the middle of the season, like Frankie Montas, who doesn't do anything. And people, I don't think he'll do anything this year. Well, I think he's one of those guys who just can't perform in New York. Well, what do they need, do you think? Because let's say they get Judge back. You'd have to think Rizzo comes back as well. So you got Judge and Rizzo. You'll get back LeMahieu and Benintendi. But, like, do they need a pitcher? Do they need I a bullpen? So. Like, from your perspective, what do they need to at least go up against the Astros? Yeah, I think another starter. I think you need another starter, and then you need a, bu- a bullpen piece. Yeah. I think Severino is your two is not the... The greatest option. Especially <laughs> well, technically Cortez would be your two. I think he should be the True. two. He wasn't yeah. the two this year, but he should be the two yeah. next year. But hopefully I don't think that was a fluke for Cortez, but again, you can't you don't know what you've seen from him. You know, because he's had such a shaky career, but Garrett Cole gives up Every a solo home run every time he starts, and you can't have your number one do that. It's yeah, that is true. And he gets paid millions of dollars, and he gives up a home run every time he pitches. Ranger Suarez could never. <laughs> three. It, it's just I don't know. The Yankees have a lot of injuries. It's obviously not an excuse, but I think you have to get a you have a closer in Clay Holmes who's so dominant, then he gets injured. And Chapman is a mess. There's this guys you have, bring Afros, who I think was a really good piece. I like I like Afros and what I saw from him out of the bullpen. But again, and then Michael King, he was completely dominant. He goes out. I I think he'll probably come in halfway through next year. But again, and that was a really good bullpen piece that the Yankees were really missing. You knew going into the playoffs without their guys in the bullpen, they were they were done for. And it's it just kind of sad to say because you have a guy like Judge who performed so well, and Stanton in the playoffs played really well. Harrison Bader played really well. But again. Astros are just so dominant. I think if the Dodgers can wake up and not crumble in the playoffs, yeah. that's a team who you got to think. I mean, even the Padres, what we saw from them, I think is a team that they crumbled too, but they got all these pieces in the middle of the season, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, and then Tatis. What do you think about that? I think that's another piece. When he comes back, where is he going to fit in? And does True. he go to short? Does he go to third or DH? I don't know what's going on with him because that's another guy. If he can perform well... The Padres, I think, are going to be in the mix, too. Well, I like Kim at shortstop. So do I. So yeah. I think you got to put Tatis as your DH, and you just got to deal with Bell being at first. I mean, that's just how it well, Bell's going to be a free agent. Yeah, he True. is. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you could always put Cronenworth there. At if, first? Yeah. I mean, has he played first? Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know this. Yeah. <laughs> um, you Corona were there, Tatis at second, and then you got Machado at third. Yeah, or well, you'd probably put Kim at shortstop. I yeah. think. I mean, I, not at short, at second. So yeah, um, and then put Tatis at where he's most like where he likes to be. So, um, but, I mean, yeah, definitely the Padres could be up there. But even I think the Dodgers, even if they lose Trey Turner or and or Bellinger, I think that they could. Uh, 
they could definitely be they could still be one of those teams that still puts up a fight against the Houston Astros. I mean, they just have the bullpen, they have the pitching, and they have the hitting for it. They just they just crumbled under pressure this year, and th- for them, honestly, it was World Series or bust. This year was a yeah. bust year for them because you get 111 wins and everything. You get the number one seed, and then you lose to the wild card team like the San Diego Padres. But I mean, they're still the Padres are still a very good team, even though they got 87 wins because right. of the um, off season or the, um, the trade deadline acquisitions. But I mean, still, they uh, it was it was boomer bust for them, and they busted just because they they didn't win the World Series. But I still think that they're the team that um, that would put up a fight against the Houston Astros. I mean, that's just that's the only answer for the NL, I feel like. So, right now, Dave Roberts is coach of the year, or at least he's a finalist for the coach of the year. Do yeah. you think that especially how the Dodgers have done, I mean, it's every single season, it's they go to the playoffs and they always lose. Do you think <laughs> that he's coach of the year? Because, I mean, we see this every single year. He can't finish the job. Yeah, I think, honestly, it's got to go... Because th- he's got 111 it? wins. Is that's it, true. It's Buck? It's Buck, it's... Roberts, and who's the other one? I can't and, remember. It's Brian Snicker. Yeah, the Braves the manager. Braves coach. But I think mm-hmm. it's got the thing is is with the Braves. I mean, you get you get to 101 wins this year. Yeah. With Acuña not being there and you lose Freeman, right? Yeah. Um I think that yeah, you, but you still got Matt Olson. That's not like I me personally I'd rather have Freddie Freeman. Well, exactly, <laughs> but it's not it's not like you're like taking that big of a dent to Yeah. Days, I mean, yeah. it's a dent, but like I mean, still I'd rather have Freeman and with that whole like agent problem, I think they probably would have been the same team if they had Freddie Freeman, or maybe even better. I think, honestly, if they had Freddie, I mean, I think the Dodgers go down a little bit, and the Braves are the best team in the NL. I mean, that's just what I think. But I think it should it should go to Snicker. That's just me personally, just because of how well of a manager he did with the losses that he had and the injuries in the beginning of the season, and to rally their, that team to get to 101 wins. I'm sorry, Nick, but to sweep the <laughs> sweep the Mets in, towards the end of the season and get that win the NL East, I th- I feel like it has to go to Snicker, even though Dave Roberts got to 111 wins. But it's I think they're they're going to base it off regular season, so I think it is going to go to Roberts. But for me personally, I think it'll go. To, I, I want it to go to Snicker, but that's just what I think. What do you think, Nick? I, I think Snicker could be up there too. Uh, I, I agree with what you were saying. I think Buck being up there is a joke. I think the fact that they have 15 yeah. more wins and then get swept basically yeah. in the wild card, uh, for the most part, I don't know why Rob Thompson's not up there. Yeah, I, I mean, thought I think it's because he's interim manager most of the I season. I guess, but I mean, I, he completely turned this team around. Yeah, he he wants to talk about coach of the year. Yeah, yeah he yeah. missed the first what 30 games, first 25 games. It, it was they were 21 and 29 when they when he came over. So it was like 50 so he comes on to take a hundred more, and yeah. it's, I mean he turns that team around. They go to the World Series. So exactly. If you want to count it as a regular season award, then I guess he doesn't get it, but. I think Snedeker would get it um, over Roberts and Buck as well. Yeah, I, I I do agree, but I think it's because he had that title of interim manager, and then this is manager of the year. I mean, obviously he would win interim manager of the year. So, <laughs> but um, but for manager of the year, I think it goes to Snedeker for the NL. But for the AL, it's the Guardians coach of what on this really Terry, Frank- Terry Francona, and then it's uh, Scott Surveys for uh, the Mariners and. Uh, Brandon Hyde for the Orioles. Um, I mean, I think you got to give it to the Hyde, in my opinion. But all these coaches, I mean, you didn't you didn't expect these teams to make it to the playoffs. All of them. I mean, with the Mariners, they haven't made it since '01. Guardians, they're a really young team, but that AL Central is a, is a mess with it in itself. But they're all young too, so I mean, that was great. But I mean, the Orioles, we I think we ex- we all expected them to have the same season as last year, even with Adley coming up. Um, so. I think it's between 
it's between Hyde and and Francona. I mean, I think that's who that's who I think. But what do you what do you guys think? Who do you think wins AL Manager of the Year? I agree. I think Hyde would win it just because I mean the Orioles. There was like a little time period where we were like they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, or at right. least we were thinking exactly. about right. it. Like they have a chance. Excited. Like they're a half game back. Like, yeah, and you still got Adley coming up, and they have such a young farm system. Yeah. I mean, the guys who are coming up in the next five years, they could be a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. I think that the Orioles did very well, and they're only going to get better from here on out. And a lot of that's credited to Hyde as coach. Of the, or I was about to say coach yeah. of the year, but as a coach of the year finalist. Yeah. So, so I mean, we saw the Aberdeen Iron play against yeah. the Blue Rocks, and that's the the Orioles' uh, high A team in, right. in uh, the minors. I mean, they're they're always a strong team. They're they're actually the second best team in the entire minor leagues record wise. Right. Um. So the Aberdeen Ironbirds. I mean, you definitely from what we saw, um, like what we actually saw. I mean, was really good. I mean, and the Orioles definitely have a really strong farm system. Um. And I think that they're going to keep building off of that farm system. So. Um, I mean, both Hyde and Francona both did really well this year with the young squad that yeah. they had. Francona was able to make it to the playoffs just because the White Sox couldn't were definitely was a team that we thought was going to be really well did do really well but fell short. Um, but Francona and Hyde, I think that's who you got to bring it, break it down to these two. Yeah, I think so. I think I think Francona deserves a little bit more credit too because the team is yeah. so young, really young. so young. I think it's like the youngest. I think one of the youngest yeah. teams in this uh, in the pl- in, the, in the entire MLB. So. Yeah, they were so young. I mean, you have a guy besides uh, J Rod doesn't win Stephen Kwan and what he was able to do. Yeah. I think that it's incredible. Terry Francona, you know, he's been here before. He knows what it takes, and then he has a, such a young squad that I don't think. I mean, people. We're expecting Guardians to maybe make some noise, but to go on to the playoffs. And, of course, it's kind of hard when you have a young team like that. You don't know how far they're going to get. But he deserves a little bit of credit, too. But I think the Orioles squad, we were kind of in the AL. I think the AL was such so dominant in AL, the, the Yankees. And they people are like, okay, the Yankees are going to run away with it. But then the Red Sox didn't do what they needed. They didn't do anything this no. year. And then the Orioles were like, okay, we'll, we'll try to sneak up on them. And the Orioles almost made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Almost making the playoffs after losing how many games last year they lost? It was a record number, I think, of games that they lost last year. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. And of to them to just miss the playoffs, barely. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how young they are and how I think they're going to get better. But the Orioles, that, that's that's you got to give a lot of credit to, to Hyde there for what he was able to accomplish. And maybe if they get an, a, maybe if they get an acquisition at the, uh, here with free agency, again, makes them a ca- contender. Don't know how far they'll go. But again... Royals are a team that I think people just have to keep their eye on again. Just yeah. again, AL East, it's it's a complete race. Yankees th- thought they're going to run away with it, kind of almost surrendered their lead. But again, Orioles are a team that I think is going to make some noise. Of course, Toronto when they are able to do Red Sox, they are a mess as well. I think so. They're in danger of Bogarts leaving, and yeah. what happens to them? Exactly. Pitching wise, so a lot of things. I think the Royals. I think agree with you guys that Hyde's going to get it or well, should get it. Well, speaking of Stephen Kwan, he's one of the finalists for AL Rookie of the Year, and it's actually a team from each of these managers for AL Rookie of the Year. So we have Stephen Kwan from the Guardians. We have Julio Rodriguez and Adley Rushman. Um, me personally, um, I think it's Julio Rodriguez. I mean, he he literally took that Mariners team on his back and just pretty much set records and everything just to lead this team to get to their first playoffs in, since 01. And I think it's just because they haven't made the playoffs since 2001. Um that that's the reason that probably uh, Julio Rodriguez is your prob- is probably going to be the AL Rookie of the Year. But I mean, definitely Adley Rushman and uh, Stephen Kwan have a good um, good track record of what they did this season to definitely put up a fight against uh, against Julio to become uh, or to be um, AL Rookie of the Year. What do you guys think? Although it's not 
like breaking news. I just got a tweet that uh, this is like really nothing, but Reds acquire Nick Solak from the Rangers. I don't know if that really. I mean, that, I mean, that's mm. it's pretty some it's, news. That's but a, Nick Solak is an okay player. I mean, to him going to the Reds. I mean, the Reds just don't do that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they didn't really do a lot this year. It's a, that's a very young team, but they have to get it all together. Like their best player is. Jonathan India, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, and India, I think doesn't he play second base? I think that's what Solak plays too. Yeah, so, so very interesting uh, acquisition uh, from the Reds. I mean, having Solak, I mean he's a good speed option and he's got some contact on that bat. So I mean, I think they're just looking for a contact hitter at this point. I think the problem with the Reds is that they sold at the deadline last year and they got ri- or especially this year too. I mean, getting rid of Drury as well as everybody else that you could. I mean, you kind of yeah. get rid of Castellanos as well and. I mean, I feel like they're rebuilding, but they don't know what their plan is for rebuilding. Yeah, yeah that's definitely the, the thing with the Reds. Yeah, like I don't see them being good for the next few years. Like I think they're just going to be this below-average team that can get some wins every here and there. But yeah, I do think uh, Julio will win American Rookie American League Rookie of the Year. I mean, didn't he sound like an eight-year, two hundred million dollar contract as well? Set records. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a race between. I'd say it's between him and Quan. Rushman's going to be really good in, like, five years. Yeah, but yeah. like, all these guys are going to be yeah. really good. Like, really good. So. I'd say Julio, I mean, he's definitely going to win. I wouldn't say definitely, but just what he's been able to show, what he's been able to do. I mean, he's a threat when he comes up to the bat or when he, come, when he comes up to the plate. Uh, Rushman he's Kwan, on the field, he's, on, yeah. he's a threat. So. I, I mean, I, I think he's the guy you have to look at the most. I'd say I'm going to give it to him over Quan and Rushman uh, for Rookie of the Year. Here's the thing with, the, with AO Rookie of the Year. I think, uh, I think for me, Julio's winning it. But I think who's going to have the best career out of these three is going to be Adley. Yeah. That's who I think. I mean, he's just a great overall player, and he's a catcher. I mean, he's a switch hitter, too. I mean, he's just all around great. But I think he's just going to have the better uh, career than these uh, the other two. Um, but what do you think, Kara? Who's winning AL Rookie of the Year out I of think these three? Rodriguez has got to get it. Yeah. I think also Rodriguez was hurt for a decent amount of the year as yeah, well. I know he was. he was hurt as well, and mm-hmm. that impacted the Mariners team. I think I also somebody that's not on the list is Pena as well. I think playoffs he did really well, but in the middle of the year, um, as a guy, I think he never stood out, but once we saw him in the playoffs and all eyes were on him, he really excelled. But Rodriguez, you said he carried the team on his back. 27 home runs mm-hmm. in your rookie campaign. Exactly. It, it's impressive as well. And his glove is it's center fielder and coming in, taking this team that hasn't been in the playoffs and in, 2001, and it's incredible to see what this kid has done and to watch him kind of grow. You have to think that his career is just going to get exciting. But again, Rushman, I think, gives it a shot. We seen he he come he came up in the what the middle of the year or early parts of the year. We didn't see him. He came him. up, I think, in like May or June. Yeah, I so think in June. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I think Rodriguez. <coughs> I think he'll get. Quan was always exciting. He's also a really good outfielder as well. So that's going to be tough. But for the NL Rookie of the Year, Michael Harris. He was so exciting to watch. I think he's up there. Spencer Strider's up there, and then Brenda Donovan and uh, O'Neill Cruz is kind of on the back burner as well. But it's a little bit of a different race, I think, for NL and Rookie of the Year. I know Michael Harris. We saw him, he was on the Rome Braves a couple of years ago, and we kind of got to broadcast him. You he was, did. You did. Oh uh, yeah, me. I did. Not oh, me. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Not me. I think that was the year. What the year before you yeah, came? Yes. But he was really exciting. He's also a really good outfielder. It's kind of interesting that, that I mean, Harris. He was a good bat. Really good defensively. He hit 19 home runs, but Strider, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's a little bit of a different yeah. race. I always think, like, I always consider playoffs in these awards, but, like, you can. It's all yeah. These are all regular Pretty season awards. And, honestly, Harris, like, in the playoffs, didn't do well right. like, against the Phillies. Um, I th- Like, their bottom 
four and three didn't have like for the Braves to like did not hit at all. It, it was weird, like it, really weird. And um, but I I want to give it to Harris. I think Harris is going to win it because he won the the batting title with his batting average. But I think Strider has a very very good argument. He's very scary to go against. I mean, he really. St- I mean, he just huge leap out of nowhere that I did not see coming and. Um, he's definitely one of those guys that you just don't want to face, and I think that Strider has the better career, but I think Harris wins it, um, wins NL Rookie of the Year. I don't think that Donovan has a chance, in my opinion. Like he just wasn't as great as I thought he would. But I, I don't like. I'm surprised that O'Neill Cruz. I think O'Neill Cruz got snubbed from this, um, from NL Rookie of the Year because he was he's just so dominant, and I really, really, really like uh, O'Neill Cruz, and I think he's one of the better guys out of these four that we're pretty much talking about. What do you think, Nick? Uh, I think, as much as I think Harris is very good, I mean, as a Met fan, you see these guys all the time. Right. I yeah. was beyond scared to face Strider on multiple occasions. Exactly. Harris, you're a little kind of less worried about, but, I mean, Strider going 11-5, and five, a 2.6 ERA, 202 strikeouts, mm-hmm. and his kid's only 24. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot more to come for him. It could be a toss-up between Harris and Schreider. They're both, what, isn't Harris like 23? Yeah, they're both really young. So. And I think Harris signed that big contract. So, realistically, <laughs> did, yeah. I mean, we were, we were kind of talking about it. Who's going to challenge the Astros? I mean, the Braves in three years when the Astros kind of start to fall off a little bit because you're going to have Altuve getting older along yeah. with Bregman. I mean, the Braves are going to be really good in like five years, and it's on the shoulders of, I think Strider is going to win it, but I also wouldn't be shocked if Harris wins it as well. Yeah, I'm just really surprised. I want to bring him, bring him back. O'Neill Cruz not being a finalist for this. I mean, it's the Pirates, but still. like This guy just loves talking about I, O'Neill Cruz. <laughs> O'Neill Cruz is really good. Like, I, like he's, he's, just, he's in my heart for some reason. So, but, I mean. When did he come up? He came up, I think, in May for the Pirates. I mean, he, he came up early for them. I mean, the Pirates are, have been a struggling team yeah, for years. Yeah, I think that's the so, thing. So, I mean, he came up with the, um, with uh, just in May. So, But he's just got – he's a great fielder, great bat. I mean, his – like, the weight, like, with his exit velocity. I mean, he puts it up into the hundreds, like, every time. So, um, but, Kara, who do you think's winning uh, NL? I think it's going to be tough because you have Harris – then you have Strider. I mean, it's cool that they're on the same team. I think that's something, an accomplishment itself. Yeah. It is really tough. I think for Strider, it's close right now. I'm just looking at CBS to see, you know, accordingly, who is likely her to get it higher. And Harris has the, kind of the shot. But I think Strider gives, gives a really good case, too, because like you said, Nick, dominant pitching to be so young, to be so dominant, especially on a Braves team, to be – he wasn't their number one, was he? Who Strider? Was he or no? Because no, uh, Freed was in front Freed of him. Was in the front right. of who's winning? Who might win Cy Young? Yeah. So. Yes. Morton was in front of him too. So I think Strider was like the three. three. Yeah. yeah. So to have him a three and be almost the NL Rookie of the Year again, will he be the number two next year? That's going to be something. Well, Charlie else. Morton fell off this year, right? Yeah. To what he so. used to be. So I think that Strider was definitely getting the number two. Yeah. With, uh, behind Freed. The so. thing that hurts Strider is he got destroyed against the Phillies. So that, right. that's right, something right, that people right. are going to look and so at. Did Morton though. Yeah. So, so that, that's something to look at. But postseason doesn't really affect the the regular season awards. Mm-hmm. But still, Strider looked very good. Yeah. yeah I think I think that's going to be a toss up. I think the well, Freed, Freed also got ripped too in game one. I mean, yeah. They they went on scoring seven runs uh, against against the Braves. So. I mean, both. All, I mean, all three of these guys got ripped against the Phillies. So I mean, who knows what the rotation is going to look like? I'm assuming Freed's going to be one, but yeah. 
It's going to be tough next year. I think the Braves are a team that really has to step up. The NL is just wild. Do you think the Astros, the Yankees, it's going to be those two teams again, but we've seen Yankees kind of collapse. And I think young teams have a shot next year. They really do. There's, there's holes for the Mariners. There's holes for Toronto to come in. And we see what the Guardians are capable of as well. But the NL is very a difficult team. You have, like, the Braves. You have even the Mets should be in the mix as well. You have, of course, the Dodgers, Padres. Phillies now got a run in the, in the World Series. And so it's, it's a very exciting game for the it was a really exciting year, I think, for the game of baseball. I think that was just a really fun year. We had a lot of really great rookies who showed out. The pitching was fantastic. Postseason was fun. Of course, you wanted to go to seven games here. I know a lot of people wanted the Phillies to win, but it's, uh, just to see what the Phillies were able to do, I think, was really exciting as well. And, of course, I know I was not happy when the Astros won. I know Nick over here was. Neither, neither well, was I. Yeah, but a little happy. I was excited as long as the Phillies didn't win. We were happy. It was, once again, it was just a lot of fun. I think being in this environment in Rowan University before we kind of wrap things up, I think being here was a huge part of the, the World Series run to see how teams kind of rallied against that pl- people on campus. And, you know, restaurants were busy. Businesses were booming. It was a lot of fun, I mm-hmm. think, just to be, even though obviously two of us are not Phillies fan, to kind of experience it from a different perspective was really cool. I know, Jack, you are a Phillies fan, but for <laughs> yeah. us to be here, and we're not from around here, it was kind of a different take that I think we're not used to seeing, but it was kind of cool to see a team who hasn't been in the playoffs for so long get that shot and be in the World Series. It was really exciting to see it. Of course, Philly doesn't win, but I think as a game and as this area, <coughs> excuse me, so close to Philly, they really had an impact and it changed a lot. Yeah, I think as an underdog story, like a Cinderella story, it was very fun to watch. It kind of added excitement, like Jack talked about. This was something that baseball kind of needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. for the Phillies to go as far as they did, but. As deep down as possible for me, I wanted to see the parade just so that I could go. We're so close. We're only 25 yeah, minutes yeah. away. Yeah. But at the same time, there's an even bigger part where it's like, I'm a Phillies fan. or I'm, No, 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 no. I'm, whoa, a whoa, Mets, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm a Mets fan. <laughs> You're kind of brought up not liking the Phillies. It's kind of like the Eagles and the Cowboys or right. Giants and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's that deep down hatred. But at the same time, the little part of me was like, that'd be so cool to right. see the parade and yeah. see Bryce Harper go around on yeah. the bus. But like mm-hmm. at the same time. I'm still happy that the Astros won. So <laughs> it was just a fun year all around. I know it would have been fun. You have, I mean, there's a shot next year yeah. really to see what, what's going to happen again. I think it's going to be a wild, you know, offseason. We got a lot of free agents on there, and I'm sure we'll break down next week of if there's probably a couple of guys who are going to sign, and we'll of course have that with our, provide a lot of updates because that's going to be exciting, especially yeah. when the playoffs are over. There's still so much to talk about about, um, about the world of baseball. You could break it down days after days what happened in the World Series, but there's so many a lot of offseason chatter that we have to to uncover again so it's it's been a lot of fun throughout the regular season we talked about the postseason wild card leading up to all this and what an exciting year it was for the game of baseball as well so again thank you nick for joining us on this episode we had a a lot of fun as well and you know there's still a lot of games to break down and it was again another fun episode but of course the world series gets wrapped up so that'll cover our regular season and postseason coverage but we got a lot of off season to go and a lot of time before opening day again so we'll be here all throughout the entirety of the year caragun alongside jack miller thank you guys so much for tuning in on the 10th inning podcast here on Roman radio 89.7 wgls fm you've been listening to the 10th inning podcast with your hosts jack miller and caraguno make sure to tune in weekly for new episodes you can find 10th inning and every rowan radio sports podcast by searching for rowan radio on demand sports wherever you find your podcasts